Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on ring of truth with pastor dan sexton jesus christ came and he died on the cross to pay for our sins the bible says to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law on our behalf so that we could be forgiven and reconciled to god this is also why we need to tell people about jesus Because God's standard of judgment will be his law, and no one keeps the law. Everyone is breaking God's law, and they need to know that there is is a Savior, that God sent his Son to die for them. As much as we like to look at ourselves and judge ourselves as good, we're all born with wickedness in our hearts. We're filled with greed, lust, and anger, among other traits that drive us to serve self over others, and especially over God. We usually can see it in others, but we struggle to recognize it in our own hearts. As Pastor Dan will point out in today's message, we need a Savior. Jesus Christ has fulfilled that need and made a way for us to be made righteous in the eyes of God. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 5 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Just as a reminder, uh, Zechariah was a post-exile prophet. He prophesied to the remnant of Jews who returned back to Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity, and they returned to rebuild the temple there in Jerusalem. And Zechariah had a series of eight visions that are recorded here. Uh, Tonight, we'll look at the last three of his visions. Uh, The first five visions that were in chapters one to four, uh, the first five visions were, were directed to Israel and that remnant that was in Jerusalem. These last three are addressed to all the world. Uh, if you look at the last verse in chapter four, chapter four ends by describing the Lord as the Lord of the whole earth. And so the scope of these visions now broadens to the whole earth. And really, these visions are looking ahead in history to the last days. In chapter 5 now, we have the sixth and the seventh visions. Uh, In verse 1 of chapter 5, Then I turned, and I raised my eyes, and saw there a flying scroll. And he said to me, What do you see? And so I answered, I see a flying scroll. Not a flying squirrel, a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits and its width 10 cubits. Verse 3, then he said to me, this is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole earth. Every thief shall be expelled according to this side of the scroll 
and every perjurer shall be expelled according to that side of it. So Zechariah sees a vision of a flying scroll. The ancient world, they wrote on scrolls. This scroll is unrolled in the vision. We know that from the dimensions. And the dimensions of the scroll are 20 cubits long and 10 cubits wide. So this scroll was 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. Now, that's a very unusual size for a scroll. Uh, The great Isaiah scroll that was found among the Dead Sea Scrolls back in the 1940s. The Isaiah scroll has the complete book of Isaiah on one scroll. Uh, It's in the shrine of the book in Jerusalem. Uh, The Isaiah scroll is 24 feet long and it's 10 and a half inches wide. So maybe the height of your Bible. Uh, Here, this scroll, this flying scroll that Zechariah sees is 30 feet. That's not too unusual, but it's 15 feet wide. That's unusual. So this is a 30 by 15 scroll. Now, if you're a note taker, that is the exact dimensions of the holy place of the tabernacle. The dimensions are significant to the Jewish reader. They would recognize those dimensions. It's significant to the remnant of Jews that Zechariah ministered to who are rebuilding the temple. And the scroll, it's the same dimensions as the holy place of the tabernacle because this scroll depicts the word of God. The fact that it is flying indicates its divine origin, that it's from God. It's flying, if you will, between heaven and earth. It's symbolic of the fact that God spoke his word from heaven. His word came down from heaven to mankind when God was uh, spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 20. When he gave the law, the Ten Commandments, God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 20, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, you have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. God spoke from heaven to man on the earth and gave his law. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 36. Deuteronomy 4, 36 says, Out of heaven he let you hear his voice, that he might instruct you. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 13. Nehemiah 9, 13. You came down also on Mount Sinai and spoke with them from heaven and gave them just ordinances and true laws, good statutes and commandments. So this flying scroll symbolically represents God's word or God's law that came down from heaven. It has a divine origin. It comes from God. And Zechariah sees two laws in particular written on this scroll, one on one side and one on the other side of the scroll. And he says here, look at verse three. This is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole earth. Every thief shall be expelled according to this side of the scroll. And then on the other side, every perjurer, or we see later, every blasphemer shall be expelled according to that side of it. Thou shall not steal. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. These are two of the Ten Commandments. The third commandment and the eighth commandment. And this scroll was written on both sides. It's representing here the Ten Commandments. And again, this scroll scroll goes out over the face of the whole 
earth. So it's not just for Israel. And he describes it here as a curse. Look at verse three again. This the curse that goes. This is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole earth. The law of God is a blessing to those who keep it. But it's a curse to those who rebel against it and don't keep it. Again, it says the thief will be expelled and the perjurer will be expelled from the earth. Now, this is kind of an unusual vision that he has here. What what is this saying? This is what this vision is communicating. The word of God. Listen, listen. The word of God is the standard by which God will judge the world. The word of God is the standard by which God will judge the world. God will not judge man according to the laws of our nation. Please remember that. God will not judge man according to the laws of our nation. He's not going to judge man according to what's legal in our nation or what is constitutional according to the U.S. Constitution. There are many things that are legal in our nation and accepted in our culture and practiced by many and normalized that violate God's word. God will not use the laws of the United States as his standard for judgment. His word will be his standard for his judgment. In John chapter 12, verse 48, Jesus said, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. The word that God spoke, the word that Jesus spoke, will judge mankind in the last day. Psalm 96, verse 13, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. With his truth, the word of God. And it's popular today to to say that the truth is relative and you can have your truth and I can have my truth. God's got his truth. And God's going to judge the world with his truth. And it's going to cancel out everybody else's truth. And and here's the thing to keep in mind and remember this, that no one really keeps the law of God. It's not that there's a problem with God's law, right? It says in Romans that the law is holy, just and good. The problem is not with God's law. The problem is with man. The problem is with us. The problem is with our flesh. Our flesh is weak and, and we sin and we break God's commandments. Paul says in Romans that the law actually brings knowledge of our sin. The law, really, it just shows us that we're sinners. It just shows us that we fall short, that we don't measure up to God's standard of judgment and that we need a savior. In Galatians chapter three, verse 24, it says the law served as our guardian to bring us to Christ. When we look at the righteous law of God, we, we realize that if this is God's standard for his judgment, which it is, well, then I'm in trouble because I don't keep his law and I need a savior. And so in that sense, the law leads us to Jesus Christ and the cross. Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross to pay for our sins. The Bible says to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law on our behalf so that we could be forgiven and reconciled to God. This is also why we need to tell people about Jesus, because God's standard of judgment will be his law and no one keeps the law. Everyone is breaking God's law 
And they need to know that there is, there is a Savior, that God sent his son to die for them on the cross to rescue them from his judgment. Now look at verse 4. He says, I will send out the curse, speaking of his law here, it's a curse to those who do, disobey it, says the Lord of hosts. Look what it says. It shall enter the house of the thief and the house of the one who swears falsely by my name. It shall remain in the midst of his house and consume it with its timber and stones. What is this saying? This is saying that God will root out and destroy those who rebel against his word when the judgment finally comes. You know, people say things like, what a person does in the privacy of their own home is nobody's business. Or what two consenting adults do behind closed doors shouldn't matter to anyone else. And that's true on a human level. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. That's true on a civil level. I agree with that on a civil level, but there will be no escaping from God's judgment. Verse 4 is telling us even what is done in secret in the privacy of your own home, behind closed doors that no one sees, that no one knows about, will be judged by God. Look at verse 4 again. His word will enter the place of sinners and remain there until they are thoroughly judged for their sin. The language that Zechariah uses here in verse 4 is very similar to the description of the priest entering the home of a leper to inspect the home for leprosy. If you're taking notes, that's in Leviticus chapter 14, beginning at about verse 34. And we're told there in Leviticus 14 that the priest would enter the house of a leper and carefully examine the house, thoroughly examine every stone, every brick, looking for any kind of growth or leprosy on the wall. And then he would come back a week later and and give another close examination of the house a second time. And if leprosy were found in the house, the priest would tear down the house. That's the imagery that God uses here for his judgment. When God judges mankind, like the priest who thoroughly examines every stone in the house, God will carefully examine each person's life, including what they've done in secret or in the privacy of their home. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14 says, For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. In Mark chapter 4, verse 22, Jesus said, For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. Romans 2, verse 16, God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This is why we should walk in the light. 
Nothing is secret anyways. Nothing is hidden from God anyways. Walk in the light. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you have anything hidden from God. So walk in the light. Confess your sin to God. Ask for forgiveness. And the promise is that if you confess your sins, he will forgive you. And he will cleanse you of all of your sin. And so now that brings us to the next vision here in verse 5. Then the angel who talked with me, remember this angel has been explaining everything to Zechariah throughout the book. Then this angel who talked with me came out and said to me, lift your eyes now and see what this is that goes forth. And so I asked, well, what is it? And he said, it's a basket that is going forth. He also said, this is their resemblance throughout the earth. Here is a lead disc lifted up. And this is a woman sitting inside the basket. Then he said, this is wickedness. And he thrust her down into the basket and he threw the lead cover over its mouth. Then I raised my eyes and looked and there were two women coming with the wind in their wings. For they had wings like the wings of a stork. And they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. And so I said to the angel who talked with me, what are they carrying the ba- where are they carrying the basket? And he said to me, to build a house for it or a temple for it in the land of Shinar, when it is ready, the basket will be set there on its base or on a pedestal. Now, this is an even stranger vision, isn't it? It's getting more confusing as we go along. So Zechariah sees a vision of a woman in a basket, and we're told that this woman in the basket is wickedness. She represents wickedness, and, and she represents this, this wicked economic or commercial system that came from Babylon. Before the Jewish people were carried away into captivity in Babylon, they were simple farmers and shepherds. In Babylon, they learned the economic and material system of Babylon, and it was a very corrupt system. It was a very uh, wicked system. The Lord even calls this system wickedness in verse 8. So don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that capitalism is wicked, but this particular system that they had going on, it was very corrupt and it was very wicked. This wicked commercial system and this wicked commercial system that began in Babylon, uh, it, it really continues today. And it will become the final world commercial system that is described for us in Revelation chapter 17 and 18. It will be the economic system under a world leader that the Bible calls the Antichrist. And under the Antichrist, the governments of the world will be combined into one world government. And by the way, that's why we see the world moving toward that one world government. It's all all the pieces are just coming together setting the stage for the last days. And this, this, uh, this economic and commercial system of the world, it will be a wicked system that controls all of the world's economy. Uh, you, you have the mark of the beast, for example, as part of this world economy that you have to uh, take the mark of the beast or a person who will be here. We won't be here if you're a believer. We'll be with the Lord. When this all happens, we'll be watching from, you know, the balcony kind of thing. Uh, But those that are here, you're going to have to take the mark of the beast. They will have to take the mark of the beast to participate in the economy. 
uh, to, to buy or sell or to get paid or to work. Can you imagine government forcing people to take some kind of mark to participate in the economy or to keep their job, right? And so this is where, this is where it's all going. All these things that we see happening now, they're just setting the stage for all of this. And this economic system that will exist under the Antichrist is sometimes referred to as commercial Babylon, and it's just filled with corruption. And, but many, many people will get rich off of this system, even though it's, it's corrupt. Turn with me over to Revelation chapter 18. Revelation chapter 18. And here, even in Revelation, so this is describing, you know, the last days. This is the tribulation period, that seven-year time of judgment that will come at the end of the age, just before Jesus Christ returns. Uh, and, and here, in that, that system, the economy is referred to as Babylon. Uh, some, some believe that the city of Babylon itself will be reestablished during this time and become an economic center in the world at this time. I, I, I don't know if that's the case, but at least it has the label of Babylon. And we, we see here, um, verse 18, chapter 1, I'm tra- chapter 18, verse 1, After these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory, and he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And here it's talking about this economic system called Babylon here. This economic system, this commercial system will be destroyed by Jesus Christ when he returns. And we see here now Babylon falls and all of the world will mourn because of the fall of this system. Because so many people are getting rich off this system, even though it's corrupt, even though it's wicked. There's a lot of people making a lot of money. Look down at verse nine. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Once the system is brought down, the kings of the earth will lament politicians. They'll lament that this system has been destroyed. Because the politicians are getting rich off this system. During the tribulation period. Uh, Verse 10. Standing at a distance for fear of her torment. Saying alas alas the great city Babylon. That mighty city. For in one hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth. Will weep and mourn over her. For no one buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of. Look at the list here. Gold, silver, precious stones and pearls. Fine linen, purple, silk and scarlet. Every kind of citron wood, exotic woods, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, and marble. These are, these are expensive commodities. And cinnamon and incense, fragrant oil, frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, chariots. Look at the end of verse 13. Bodies, souls of men. That's part of the economy. Under the Antichrist. It's part of our economy too. 
It's just part of like this underground economy right now. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah. And he has more to share with you next time. If you have any questions or would like to talk to share a prayer request, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab. Then click on Contact. Maybe you're looking for additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. If you'd like to submit a prayer request of something that's been on your heart, you can do that on our website as well. Just look under the Prayer tab at calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and to get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Zechariah. So be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Reach true.